Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. Today's episode is the last episode of my Pride lineup, and I know that it can be really infuriating when brands turn off their rainbows, stop their support, and all of that for the LGBTQIA++, you know, equal rights, all of that. But this last episode is with Palayo AF. He is a lovely human. I'm really excited to share this uh, episode with you. Um, And, you know, more people like this in politics are what is going to change the future. So I just want to share this episode as a conclusion to our lineup for 2021. But that doesn't mean that this is not a podcast anymore for inclusivity and queer voices. It will always be a podcast to make people feel less alone. So thank you all so much for your support. Thank you so much for sharing, subscribing, liking it. And if you like what you hear, please give me a five on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. But thank you guys so much and enjoy the interview with Kaleo. Hey, how's it going? Hello, Bianca. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? (laughs) I am actually doing really, really good. Right before we press record, um, I got to talk to my husband, which is great because as my listeners know, I'm going through a deployment from hell. So (laughs) um, of course, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, the podcast about imposter syndrome and the lovely, energetic, gorgeous voice on the other end is Palayo. I think I pronounced it right, but my brain just had a brain fart. But if I didn't, would you like to give your elevator pitch who you are, what you do, et cetera? Sure. Yeah, you really nailed the name. I'm actually preparing a stand-up comedy on how people pronounce my name. So uh, you didn't really give me any material today, Dang it, uh, but sorry. it's okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I am Pelayo AF. That's how I like to, to go. <laughs> I uh, The AF is from my surnames, but it also gives me like a fun twist. Uh, it's also because I feel like during my creative journey, that is both YouTubing and podcasting, I really want to become Pelayo AF, which would be kind of like 100% myself. So since that's the aim, that's kind of like the nickname that I have uh, used through this journey. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. I love it. You could like snap at the end of it, like Palio AF, like you're a brand. That's I it. love it, honey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. You reached out to me and it's always so lovely when someone reaches out to me um, to be on my podcast. I'm always so, um, I'm always like the podcast about imposter syndrome. I have it. I'm like, oh, you, you want to be on my podcast? But, but I'm excited because you have a really unique background being a content creator, but then also what you do in your day job. So I'm excited. So let's just hop on into it. I mean, what's let's your, do it. yeah. Like, uh, let's ask the first question, which is, do you feel like you have it all figured out? I really do not. I feel like I'm in a good place because I feel like the first thing to figuring things out is understanding that you don't have things figured out. I feel like that's when you start researching, that's when you start asking, that's when you start going out of your comfort zone, just understanding that like where you are is okay, but it would be so much cooler if you just like kept evolving as a person, as a human being. So no, I don't have everything figured out, but I do love the process of getting to know myself, getting to know other people and getting to know myself through other people. I just love exploring people in general, understanding like their journey and I think like my, I have this quote that I love uh, from Ranier Milke, and it's basically summarized as stop trying to get to know all the questions, just learn to love the questions. And perhaps one day you'll get into the answer. So I'm living by that. I like that. That's a really good mantra and uh, a unique perspective. And, you know, I think uh, life would be really boring if we had all the answers, like there'd be no point. It would be, it would just be completely pointless. We wouldn't change and evolve and grow. And we have to go through a metamorphosis in order to get the things that we want. And even when you get the things you want, that ball or that, you know, finish line, it it changes. But I think something I've had to learn in my thirties and something I've learned in the last year is that I have no control that the things I do have control over are my happiness, my well being and, um, and, you know, where I want to go. Like I have control 
over the things I have control of and I don't have control of the things I don't have control of. And that's been something I've had to learn is like, I just have to be adaptable and able to change. And so I, I really like that mantra, getting to know yourself and, and not questioning the questions anymore and just kind mm-hmm. of seeing where they take you. And I think that that's so important, especially in this last year, you know, we, we, we really, we've really year. seen just like the, 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 the worst of people, the best of people, but the people who I really gel with are people who uh, definitely are, you know, trying to do and be better and give back better in the world. So I am glad to have you on my podcast. It's, it's, it's refreshing to hear, um, a nice, unique perspective. Um, so in terms of imposter syndrome, so when you reached out to me, you were like, oh my goodness, I feel it a lot. Um, I'm just going to ask, so do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways? And what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Yeah, I feel like everybody does right Mm -hmm. in a way or another, in an area or another, And I think one part of combating it is admitting it that you're going through it because you cannot really fight what you don't really name. So I think that's kind of like the first step. And I think imposter syndrome is not feeling worth it or being overconscious about yourself or feeling too much that what they're going to say to you is going to be something negative and comparing yourself to others. So that really tells us that imposter syndrome is not something that would happen if we were living in isolation, right? It happens because we're part of a society and as part of it, we compare ourselves with others and we fear certain reactions of of other groups of people, of other uh, individuals. So yeah, I think it's, it, 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 it is a hard work. I think like my, my best way to approach it has always been to remind myself my value, remind myself uh, positive affirmations about who I am. And by this, I'm really not saying to kind of like, oh, I'm the best person in the world. No, but like going to the basics, right? Like, oh, I have, for example, I've I've felt um, imposter syndrome in my job. I will remind myself, okay, Pelayo, you have a college degree. You have traveled from Spain to the United States. You have gotten a visa here, which is super complicated. There has to be something that the world is for serving about you that is valuable. So if the world is thinking that is valuable, you have to think that it is valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you really like touched on some really cool things here. Um, uh, first of all, how long have you been in the United States? I've been here. This is my sixth year going into the mm-hmm. seventh, uh, in May. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, and so kind of coming from that angle, like you're going to feel it, especially um, I'm assuming you're probably, so are you in DC? I am in New York. Okay. And you're in New York. York. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess I, that makes sense. Bianca, duh. Um, but, but, but like, that's like, it's a melting pot of people and it's a very rough and tumble spit you out kind of city. It's, it's, a, it can be a culture shock. Um, and, but it's also like, sometimes people like put, um, New York on a platform and a pedestal. And then when you get here, the reality is much different, but like, you know, having to come here and then make a whole new group of friends, find your community, figure out things. It's, it's, it's tough. And imposter syndrome for me, like I'm just always, whenever I walk into a group of or used to, I don't know if I would still, I think, I think we all do to some degree. I would agree with you that walking into like a room, I'm like, oh shoot, like everyone here is like smarter than me. Or like, maybe like, they like, like even when I earn a seat at the table, I'm like, oh, I don't deserve this, even though I've like worked my way up. So it's, I, I agree with you. You have to kind of like go back and go, no, Bianca, like you did your time. You did your time. You deserve this career. You deserve this thing. Or, you know, Playa wants to be on your podcast because you've because your podcast is good. Like you have to like remind yourself and and kind of reground yourself that like you deserve to be here. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to accept accomplishments. I think maybe as millennials, like we just don't really, it can be really hard to kind of like accept my accomplishments and learning to like actually take a compliment has been really hard for me in the last year. So I'm working on a bunch of stuff, but I get where you're coming from about imposter syndrome. And I understand your, your definition of it. And I can see a lot of myself in, in what you're saying. So, um, I, I really, I really like that. And like, I guess maybe as you've learned to overcome it, like besides grounding yourself and reminding yourself of like, kind of where you are and what you do and who you are, do you have like advice for someone who maybe is feeling other than or unworthy, how, how maybe you would combat it? 
Yeah, I feel like something that may work is assessing this, right? And writing how you're feeling down. First of all, because it's a great tool when you actually go go through it and, and, and go to the other side to see how you were thinking in the past. Because whenever you feel it again, you'll know, okay, I did succeed at overcoming my imposter syndrome in my job or in this particular post or with these friends. And whenever you feel it again, you'll be able to go back to that moment and really think that you did it so you can do it again. So write it down, see what you are feeling, see the things that you uh, think about yourself and really know that those are not constant. Mm -hmm. Even if those things were true, you can ask yourself like, what if this is true? What happens even if it's true? It doesn't really matter because those things are not constant. And if you think that you don't deserve the job or it, you're already there. So you have to have a look at what you think about yourself. Be very careful to, to explore and to see what are you really telling yourself? Mm -hmm. Would you talk to your best friend like that? <laughs> Would you talk to like somebody who's under you like that? Probably not, right? So if you would not talk to somebody else like that, don't talk to you, to yourself in that kind of way, you know? So mm -hmm. respect yourself and write something opposite of, of why that, that what you have written down is not true. Oh, absolutely. And so my therapist always says to me, love, shout out to Justina, we love her. Uh, she's always like, Bianca, why do you talk to yourself that negatively? Like no one else would. She's asked me to do something. My husband is my number one fan. My listeners know this. We love Scott. He, you know, he's a great, great man. I'm very, very lucky. And he's always thought that, you know, I'm just the greatest. He has a foam finger, number mm. one fan. And he's always encouraged me to be myself and always, always, you know, even when he's come at me with some criticism as, a, as I'm not always perfect. So don't get me wrong, but he's, you know, he always champions what he loves about me and is, you know, and I basically my therapist has been trying to make me look at myself through his lens to try to get me to stop talking negatively to myself. And so she's like, well, what would Scott say to you? And, you know, and so I've had to like, I like your advice because it, it's a good reminder that like, we are our own worst critics. We speak to ourselves worse than people would be to us. And we expect the worst when it comes to how our negative self-track goes. And it's really tough to break that and it's really hard to be confident in that at times, I feel. And so yeah. I'm working on it. And it's hard, Paleo. It's hard. It's it really hard. hard. It's so hard. Because you're supposed to be confident. You're supposed to project confidence. But then, like, you're supposed to talk nicely to yourself. It's just a lot. So I'm trying. Justina, I'm trying. If you're listening, I'm trying. <laughs> um, but it's not easy. And it, it is takes a process. A it is a process. So I, I completely understand that you're saying that, that you're working on it because... It won't be from one day to the other. If I had another advice, you won't wake up one night in the morning and, and think, oh, I'm perfect. I have everything figured out. No. So it's it's just understanding that it is a process what will help you to actually go through it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think imposter syndrome is so shrouded in success and failures. And so we'll move to the next question, which is, of course, um, I love this question because I think everyone defines success differently. What mm -hmm. success looks like to me looks different to you, but overarching, we have similar themes and how we define success. Um, and I've had answers all over the map over the last year, but I love asking mm -hmm. this question. So what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? Yeah, I feel like I feel like you're right. Success looks very different for a lot of people. I was just thinking about this because being very honest and candid with you, right? I'm, mm -hmm. I started the my YouTube channel back six months ago because I, I just saw the, the date because it has gone by so fast. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like having a look at all the content, trying to see kind of like, like twitching and seeing how things could be more discoverable, how thumbnails will look a little bit nicer, right? And my views are trash, to be honest. <laughs> They're not uh, good. Nobody's really having a look at that. But that really had me thinking about, oh, like, what do I think about success? It's success for me, like a million views. Or is it really to know that, like, I started six months ago and look at how I started and look how I am right now. Things have improved so much. My, I've learned editing skills. I've learned how to shoot myself, get uh, more comfortable in front of the camera. 
all these skills that I know that I'm just going to keep getting better and better and keep growing and leave this as a, as a legacy also, because for me, that's also very important. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, why am, what am I going to leave after I'm gone? You know, something. And now with the internet, it's so easy to leave a lot of things. So I'd rather make them as good as possible. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's success, you know? That's trying to like not get stuck and not get stuck and keep growing. I I love that. And you know what? You 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 touched on a good point here. Is like uh, there's been times where I've been like, oh, is my podcast successful? Um, and then I have moments where just this adorable person comes into my life and asks me to be on my podcast. And I'm like, absolutely. Uh, and that's where I'm like, oh yeah, I am successful. Like a year ago, I didn't even have a podcast. You have to kind of take a step back and look at how far you've come. And it's hard to do that, but it's also humbling to do that because usually for me, like when I take a look back, I realize, oh, wow, you know, I'm actually doing okay where I can get imposter syndrome and where I can feel not so successful is when other podcasters brag about their listeners and their downloads. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I have like maybe 5,000 in a year, but then I have to remind myself 5,000 people, 5,000 listens about 50 per episode. That's actually decent for a podcast that does not advertise. It's all word of mouth and all referral. And I did this in a year by myself, single-handedly. And I have to remind myself of my accomplishments and how far I've come. And it's, it's hard not to look at and compare yourself to others. It really is, especially in the golden age of social media with Instagram and whatnot. But the the thing is, is and the best advice I've ever been given. And it seems like you are kind of following that as well is, is just keep creating. Don't ever stop. Like, even if the, the viewership is bad, even if it's not as good as you'd like it to be. I originally, when I started this podcast, I was like, if I upload this and no one ever like listens to it, whatever, it flopped, like no big mm-hmm. deal. And people just kind of, it, it just, at first I was begging friends to be on my podcast and like, it was like hurting cats. And now it's so, it's crazy to me that I'm, we're a year in at the time of recording this, we're, we're a year into this pandemic. It's, it's just insane to me like what we've all accomplished collectively and and I'm I'm proud of kind of where this has gone I'm also proud of myself like you have to look back and pat yourself on the back too and be like hey like I'm doing my best and and sometimes my best is just good enough and that's okay so I like that because you know we have to remind ourselves that success for me at least success is always am I happy and then if I'm not happy then then I don't feel successful. But I think waking up every day and being happy, not going to a job that I hate and doing something I love, which is, you know, talking to people all over the world about, you know, something as silly as imposter syndrome, which we all tend to feel, then I do feel successful and I'm proud Mm -hmm. of where I'm at. So I love that. (laughs) Yeah, I love that too. I think that's the, the right way to approach it. Yeah, like the and like uh, someone so TikTok's algorithm is really weird, and I've been on the fence and off the fence about TikTok. But another piece of advice someone gave me was like, just keep creating content because eventually something we don't know the, we don't understand the algorithm, but eventually something will take off, and it's really good advice. So to my listeners, if you're creating, keep creating, and eventually the right audience will find you, the right person will kind of escalate what you need to do, and it you'll you'll get where you need to be. It just takes some time. So don't lose the faith. Yeah. Don't compare yourself to others and keep creating. That's my advice for my listeners. Yeah, I think that's very smart. And also Bianca, I would add always have an intention, right? Because perhaps like creating content is, is, is so necessary, but like think about what is the next video going to have than the previous video didn't have, or the, what is the next podcast going to have, or whatever you are creating, have an intention to make it better and make it with, with uh, a reach. Who are you trying to reach? Who is, who is going to uh, change their lives because of this content, right? Mm-hmm. And if you think about that, you're going to keep getting better every week. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, oh gosh, like if you listen to my first episode I ever did, I had no idea what I was doing and uh, it shows, but you wouldn't like, I only know that because it was me and I was the one that was recording it. I, but if you listen to it, you probably wouldn't know that that's my first one, or maybe you would. And then if you compare, like, say my first episode to this one, it's, it's so much different. Like you were saying, like 
you started editing, you started um, learning different things and camera angles and lighting and, and audio and all of that. So like your new polished product is far different than your starter product. So it's, it's just, it's amazing. And like, it's humbling, like I said, to like go back and look at how far things have gone and, and where you're at. And it's a nice to remind yourself like, Hey, I did that. And it's pretty cool. <laughs> um, and I, and I also try to be humble and I try, I try my hardest to be humble about like success and my podcast and listeners and, and, and all of this stuff. But overall to my listeners, you know, I'm very grateful for you. You turn, you tune in week after week and I, I'm just, I'm very, I feel happy. Thank you. Um, so I think we've touched on it unless there's more to say about imposter syndrome. I love this portion of my interviews with my guests because I love to, to hear how their brain works. The things we're fanatical about, the things we fangirl over, we stand for. I, I absolutely still love and adore, you know, right now I'm really, really fanatical about RuPaul's Drag Race, obsessed with it, in fact, and drag queens and drag culture. And I, the other weekend I went to a drag show in San Diego at Moe's. And uh, so right now I'm fanatical about Hillcrest, which is um, a predominantly LGBTQIA plus community in San Diego. I'm fanatical about Hillcrest and community and the safety measures they're taking and um, going to a drag show without seeing people like basically shoving dollars in a leotard. It's weird, but the new normal of entertainment with the pandemic I'm here for, and I think that if you're gonna be going anywhere in San Diego, stick to the neighborhood because they are so, so safe. There's contact tracing. And I just, I really, even as a half vaccinated person felt very, very safe, even though I know it's pandemic and I'm not, it's not over cause I want it to be. I still kept my distance, wore my mask, did all the things I'm supposed to be doing, but I will say Hillcrest is sticking to their guns and they're making sure that, that at least they're trying to curb the pandemic while also, you know, take care of their essential workers and keep the entertainers employed. So yeah. shout out to Hillcrest. I love you. Shout out. Shout I out haven't to been, but I would love to, would love to visit and, and check that out. It is, um, Hillcrest is a beautiful, beautiful area. And uh, when, J when President-elect Joe Biden, now, now President Joe Biden, was the night that they said he was probably the president, my friend Rick Ar Arl <clears throat> Arlo, He's going to murder me. Sorry, Rick. Uh, he works for the center and he is a very, very beautiful person inside and out. One of my really, really good Judy's, one of my dear friends. And he, uh, he called me and he was like, we should go celebrate. And I was like, ah, it's a pandemic. Like my husband's deployed. Ooh, I don't know about it. And he was like, it'll be safe. It'll be fine. He's like, you want to remember this. And so I was like, okay, you're right. I do want to remember this. I felt like I could collectively breathe a sigh of release, relief without getting too overly political. Um, but if you've lived in the United States for the last four years, then you know what's up. So, <laughs> so I uh, took an oopskies Uber to, um, to the, the flagpole. So we have a giant flag, pride flag. Um, that's hanging in Hillcrest and I had the Uber drop me off there and I just sat back and I watched people celebrating in the streets, people honking their horns, people screaming and being excited and it just felt, I know it wasn't the same because of the pandemic, but it just felt a little more free and I felt very safe once again because it's Hillcrest and it was just nice to see my community with smiles on their face that I hadn't seen for a while. So, um, so yeah, just fanatical about Hillcrest. I wish I could afford to live there, but unfortunately it's too expensive. And so I live, I own a home in Lemon Grove. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be, I just like you making me so jealous. I haven't really been out in any shows. I love Drag Race also. I think it's such a great, I could talk about that. But but yeah, I feel like, you know, let me tell you why, because I feel like people who don't watch it or people who haven't, um, like my boyfriend, for example, who doesn't know anything about it, uh, but just knows that I watch it. And I think he doesn't understand the whole idea mm -hmm. of the show mm -hmm. at its core, right? Right. So much more than people dressing up as, as women, it's just like creating a brand for yourself, being able mm -hmm. to, I think, like... Uh, get rid of your imposter syndrome right i feel mm -hmm. like that's kind of like mm -hmm. almost the main idea of the show absolutely understanding that you can do anything that you set your mind to if you really are free 
right? If you're not yeah. like we've uh, surrounded by all these thoughts of like, oh, like I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can act. I don't know if I can like do stand up comedy. So oh yeah, I think that's a takeaway, right? Of like a society that would be able to just go for it 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think that at the end of the day, the winners of that show are winners because they are able to really get rid of all those layers that society puts you mm-hmm. uh, of, of holding you back, of not being enough and just explodes yeah. that and, and shows cases to the world their highest self. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, to touch on Drag Race, I mean, I think like, you know, when people don't really understand it, like like from the outside perspective, they're like, oh, it's just like men dressing as women. It's like, no, it's also non-binary people. Thank you. And your pronouns are now was and were. But, (laughs) but you know, it's it's, it's just uh, what I love about it. So like, for instance, I like... I've been to drag con. Um, I've met so many drag performers, drag queens. I have drag queen friends forever. I get to be like, I'm living my dream right now, Play. I want to tell you, I get to do these things and I'm seen as an ally, a very strong ally in my community because I don't shut the fuck up. And also because I, you know, I, my LGBTQIA plus community and the drag community and everything, like you're right it's about belonging and being seen for who you really are and that it's not weird or shameful to want to do these things and you can be a performer but it's hard because as a drag queen you've got a lot on your shoulders you have to have your makeup on point your costumes on point to like queens go bankrupt trying to get on the show because you have to turn out all of your looks and there's like a weird situation like if you don't get on then those outfits are cursed like i have a friend that almost was on um almost was on the show and was telling me about it. And just like, it's just a lot and people bankrupt themselves trying to like get on the show. And then when the pandemic hit, it was like, oh shoot, how are these Queens going to pay it back? Cause my friend Charlie Hydes was on season nine and Charlie Hydes has a drag queen bingo every Sunday. All of my, my listeners know this, if you, if, unless they're new, hi, um, that I play every Sunday. We just celebrated one year of isolation bingo. It's every Sunday. Um, and I've been playing for a whole year. Charlie's been a podcast guest, which was absolutely an honor. Charlie is a true entertainer through and through, but it's hard because you have to be funny. You have to be campy. You have to be not too demure. You have to do, you have to be all these things in one. And if you're not that, then you're going home and maybe we'll see you on all-stars. Yeah. <laughs> and just having that, just having that behind, I feel like having that behind your mind behind your head kind of like oh like I may go home first so like I feel like that has to hold you back a little bit you know because like oh maybe I shouldn't spend all this money because what if I leave the first time the first Mm -hmm. week and then Mm -hmm. like I just like threw all this to the to the trash let's not like waste (laughs) all my money so so it really it's really a, a mental game from the moment that you start preparing I guess Absolutely. And you're right. There's so much imposter syndrome. Like every episode, I'm like, oh, I should reach out to like this person because they're feeling the imposter syndrome. And I was like, oh, that person's talking about imposter syndrome. But it's true, like, especially being um, a queer person, like you feel other than Um, you feel Mm -hmm. weird because society tells us all this BS. And even though it's 2021, sometimes it's 1920s in terms of like where we are at and equality. It is real. (laughs) So, um, so the shows like this and platforms like this um, help. They always help. Are they the solution? No, but they help the conversation steer in the right direction. And, and yeah. you know, so I love it. I love, I, I'm always fanatical about it, but really I'm just a bleeding heart and I don't want to move away. And I'm so sad about moving, but eventually I'll come back, but I'm so sad because it's like, being a military spouse, you finally connect into where you're living. And then all of a sudden it's like, and bye. See you like, see you later. Gotta go. Cause I have to go to home. We're moving to Hawaii, which, oh my God, wow. such a tough life, such a tough life. Um, and so we're renting our house out. And so right before I clicked record, I was in the middle of getting some stuff together to get my rental property shit off the ground. So it's mm-hmm. a whole lot, but, but the hard part for me is moving away from community. And I mean, I, I think like, I'm, oh, I'm such a, I don't have a hard time making friends. Like I'm an extrovert through and through in a lot of ways, but it's going to be really tough to like, not be able to go to those 
go to those bars or those restaurants, even though it's been a pandemic for a whole year and I haven't been able to do it anyway, but just to not have that anymore is going to be kind of tough. It's going to be a tough pill to swallow. I'm probably going to grieve it, but there's going to, there's so many seasons of drag race that are coming out this year. So it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Drag race Spain is coming. So I'm excited to see what Ooh. I really have no idea what the drug, uh, sphere of, of Spain is so looking yeah, forward to I don't know to and I just heard that they're gonna do an all-stars where it's all international really so, yeah yeah they're gonna be doing so like they'll be like Australia UK USA um Canada I just finished the UK I don't know if you've caught up with UK but I did I, I did yeah I caught up with it I, I finished um, last week yeah. I screamed at my tv when Lawrence Cheney won like I saw the edit from a mile away but I really thought Bimini had it in the bag I gotta be honest. I thought so too. I thought so too. There must be a reason there. I don't know. I always trust that there's a reason. Who uh, and obviously feel- respect yeah. both, but. And who are we feeling um, in USA right now? Cause I'm, I'm all for Utica. She's a kooky queen, but she's going home this week. We know it. <laughs> I know. I feel like, yeah, she hasn't, she has, she, she needs an all-stars probably to, to develop themselves. I'm feeling almost at this point, I would say like, uh, Rosé oh, is yes. really good. Cool. Mm, like Rose's I didn't gorgeous. love her at the beginning because Neither did she, I. she has like this like <laughs> canty kind of like a way, but she <laughs> she has talent to to back that up. And Simone, obviously, like she's just like another level. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see anything like just like everybody who's left is so talented. So looking forward to see these yes. past uh, yes. last episodes. Right, you can tell the producers when they're super overproducing it. Like, yeah. Well, like. Uh, let's talk about the Freaky Friday challenge for a second before we move on to like what you're fanatical about, uh-huh. but like the, cause clearly you're fanatical about this just as, just as I am, but um, the Freaky Friday episode where like they did the thing, like let's, let's be real. Olivia should have been in the bottom fucking two. Yeah. <laughs> Why wasn't she? Yeah. Well, what, or was she actually? No, no, she was, she was, she was, no, but then this last week she should have been. She yeah, definitely should have been. This was a little been. bit weird. This week, like, I honestly laughed so much about Utica's advert. Oh God, Utica. She's so funny. Have you seen um a Bob the Drag Queen's impression of Utica? No, I have not. He's like, I'm a kooky woohoo. Like, this is so funny. Like, it's literally like split your sides hilarious. Bob is amazing. I love Bob. Bob is yeah. one of my all-time favorites. Bob needs to win an all-stars season. You can at me. I don't care. Bob forever. Bob's beautiful. I love, 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 love Bob. Yeah. Um, but uh but but yeah I mean the season has me excited in a way like in my house we don't sports we RuPaul's drag race and I have a running joke yeah. that my dog might be a gay man or pansexual <laughs> I'm not really sure but from day one I've been dressing him up in costumes I'm when I tell you he is like he knows Charlie hides his voice and he knows bingo and he'll come running when he hears Charlie do the bingo song wow so that is what I will suggest definitely come play some Sunday with us um, I will so I will. much fun it'll be 8 p.m your time on east coast and they also do a uk one so if you ever wanted to play with your friends in spain the uk one is at uh i believe 11 a.m my time so like one i'm bad at math yeah <laughs> i think yeah. one, I think okay. one or two. we got yeah. it two three whatever um but mm-hmm. anyway you wrote some things that you're fanatical about i apologize i could talk about drag race forever we should make a podcast where it's you and me and we talk about drag race but um there's a million podcasts about drag race. Um, so yeah, let's talk about fanatical things. You, I like your answers. Do you like my, yeah, we, we talk about this. I'm fanatical about that, but I think like, uh, I, I wrote a breakfast food, which I love. It's love just breakfast. happiness that there's nothing I love more than just going to a hotel and waking up to a whole buffet of like whatever I want yes. to eat. Mm. Oh, that's just happiness for me. Uh, I also love nuanced conversations. So mm-hmm. kind of like taking into account both, both, both points of view, which I feel like sometimes a little bit difficult uh, in, in, in these times because we are so scared of like crossing boundaries. But I feel like there should be spaces where we can learn and grow mm-hmm. without disrespecting anybody and, and kind of like seeing both sides of the coin of, mm-hmm. of, of different uh, parts in order to be able to understand Snaps, yes. and, and, and create a society that's actually better from that understanding. And people who are different and step out of uh, their comfort and stepping out of my comfort zone, it's something that I'm always like trying to do, you know, when I feel, oh, I don't really know why I'm not feeling like doing this. It's probably because you have some imposter syndrome, probably because uh, you don't feel like you can do it. So just push yourself and do it and then see how you feel. Um, 
I'm not talking about like high drugs or anything. I'm just talking about like experiences and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's something that this podcast has really taught me is like there's a lot of different people in the world and they're uh-huh. all interesting. And even the most boring, like people are like, oh, I'm boring. You don't want to interview me. I'm like, no one's boring. It's just how you package it. Like yeah. it's all about, it's all about the sell. Like let's talk, you know, going back to drag queens, you got to have a brand, own it, you know? So, um, so I like that. I like, and I, I'm kind of similar to you. Like I, I definitely am almost like, I kind of like the, um, oil and vinegar approach and, mm-hmm. and you know, where like it just, we could be polar opposites, but if we have one thing in common, then we mesh together and that's great. And that's something that I've learned throughout life is like actually the most interesting and most interesting people are typically so different from you. And what can you learn from them and what can you, uh, adopt from them? And, uh, yeah, but going into unpopular opinions, I unpopular actually, Oh yes. I love them as long as they're not racist or homophobic, but I, I normally <laughs> don't come to the, I don't come to the, uh, podcast recording with, with one that can replace the fact that I hate cantaloupe. Uh, but, uh, I do actually have one today. So right before we press record and because our conversation seems like this is a safe space to share it. Um, Danny Franzisi, who was Damien on Mean Girls. And as I'm talking to you, I'm literally looking at my signed photo of him from DragCon. Um, uh-huh. He, uh, the Pope came out and said, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's a sin, right? And Danny Franzisi came out and said, like, I'm, like, he has a podcast called Gas Jesus, yes. which is very similar to your podcast. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Actually, my, one of my really good friends from high school produces that podcast funny enough. And my friend went on a date, not to shame my friend, Jesse, who's episode six of my podcast went on a date with religious trade. I forget the name of him, but, uh, anyway, that's just my claim to fame and also whatever, but it's a very, very good (laughs) podcast where they talk about, um, you know, conversion camps and conversion therapy and the way that religion has, um, closeted and shamed and all of that. And, and it's, it's a very, very good podcast and it's similar to your podcast. Cause I was looking at your podcast. So I knew, I knew we would have stuff to talk about here, but anyway, um, Danny Franzisi was ripped from a comedy experience or he was going to do a comedy show at a, at a, at a, um, college and the person, uh, the, the board of directors or whoever owned like is the top of the college dropped him and called his podcast trash and basically just awful things. He, he listed it in his YouTube response. It's also an IGTV on Instagram. Anyway, I watched it. It was very powerful. He did not shame them. He just stood up for every, per, every queer person who is religious and said, this is unacceptable. And so, you're, yeah. So what happened exactly? He like got canceled from uh, a, a comedy show. show because he's doing this kind of conversations. Right. And the, and the college is a Catholic college or some the kind of religious college. college. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Thought, That's okay. a key point. Oops. Forgot to do that. And okay. so I'm looking yeah. at, yeah, I'm looking at your unpopular opinion. So my yeah. unpopular, my, so I'm looking at your unpopular opinion about cancel culture. And this is where I agree with you. And I'll let you take the floor in a second, but cancel culture is so toxic in so many ways. And the way that Danny Franzisi approached it, um, and said like, you know, I don't need, you know, like, don't like, let's not come for this college and like be angry at it. Like I'm coming, I'm, I'm speaking up for the voices that can't speak. You know, I'm, I'm speaking up on behalf of every me. And when I was a child, my friends, everyone, and saying that like, well, what you did, you feel is justified, but it's not. Um, and so my unpopular opinion is in regards to, um, just kind of cancel culture where I think you can approach things even when they hurt. Um, from a place of peace and love um, and you don't have to trash someone or be angry or be mean. And Danny just was kind of, he was very graceful in his response. And I was just very like, I don't know. I was just very moved by it. So if you have a chance, uh, check it out. It's on his, he's at, Hey, or he's at what's up Danny. So check that out. Um, and let me know what you think, but your podcast is similar to Yes Jesus or, and I, I don't want to say similar and that they're similar, like taking yeah. from each other, but it's good to know that you can still have faith and you can still be a person who likes the same sex or the opposite sex. And the thing is, is that spirituality is, is knows no gender and spirituality knows no anything like spiritual. You can be spiritual. And you can still love yeah. men like you can that's okay so my unpopular opinion is why the fuck is there homophobia i don't understand it okay anyway 
what are yours? <laughs> uh, so, so I was talking about like uh, religion. I, I mentioned here religion is not trash and it's so current to right now. And I'm going to start by saying that like the Catholic Church does not own religion. They don't own mm. theology. They don't own God. Oh, they right? don't? Oh, They're, no. <laughs> they, they, act. they act like they do. They do. And, 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 they, and they influence a lot of uh, parts of society as if they did. But like, I just want to anybody listening that mm, have some, some thoughts about like... Uh, God, Jesus, whatever your religion religion is, your spirituality, your way of understanding a higher being, mm -hmm. nobody owns that. Mm -hmm. the, your relationship with that higher being is only yours. It's Thank you. It doesn't have, you don't need any gatekeeping. You don't need anybody in the middle. You can directly have access to all this by yourself. So opening that. Um, I feel like religion is not trash. It's like a, it, religion is trash is kind of like a popular opinion because of all these institutions behaving the way that they do. I did a video on actually on the Pope uh, a statement in my YouTube channel, kind of like breaking down a little bit what their statement shares and, and the words that they use and how harmful they are. And mm -hmm. just to give an example, for example, they call for uh, this decision, which is basically reaffirming that uh, gay people are sinners, LGBTQ people, um, it's not an unjust discrimination. Like, Bianca, how can you tell me that any kind of discrimination is not unjust? I mean, explain I just, that to me. I, I just, I don't understand. Like, I feel like there's just so much societal, like, and over time and so much history. And unfortunately, like we're just like living out repercussions of so many things. And it just, education is key, of course. Um, but yeah, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, just just understanding that like these people don't, don't own, don't own religion, don't own God, don't own anything. And, and really understand, people can have any kind of like faith uh, they want. So that's what, what we try to do yeah. in, in our uh, podcast, The Forbidden Apple. We try to reclaim spirituality for yeah. LGBTQ people because spirituality, it is a resource, not only mm -hmm. a, um, a resource that you can use for your own life and your own betterment, but people are making money out of these all over the world, all mm -hmm. these institutions. So it is a crucial part for the LGBTQ community to understand the power that this has. And we have to start organizing ourselves and understanding that that territory is also ours and that we should yeah. use our dominance and our power to change the things that are happening because it is it's very hard to see everything that they're doing with what you mentioned of conversion therapy these camps yeah. and it's still going on you know oh yes yes absolutely and i do have another unpopular opinion and i'm just gonna say it <laughs> uh say it. in regards to this um if you eat at chick-fil-a i'm so judging you because Chick-fil-A in the past has, and I'm sorry if you eat a Chick-fil-A paleo, but I don't. It's, 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 it's boring white people food, but um, it, they have given so much money to conversion therapy. They have given so much money towards um, very um, racist and homophobic shit. And when you eat the waffle fries, Karen, um, I hope you are realizing you're eating hate. That is hate. And so uh, in regards to all of this, and I love what you're saying, because you know what, the Catholic church, it's like, it's just an opinion. They don't own religion. And it's good to know that because I think a lot of, there's so much in Catholicism, there's so much, like my dad was a was Catholic and then now he's not. Um, I don't even know what he identifies as. I am agnostic. I don't know what's out there, but I don't need to be told things. And when I was a kid, um, I was trying to figure myself out and my parents always allowed religion to be whatever I wanted to do. If I was like, if I wanted to go to church, then go to church. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. My mom always says she feels closest to God when she's doing her dishes. Um, and she's never really felt she needed to go to church to express it. Some people do feel church is good for them. Um, but for me, I went to a church camp when I was 15 and I remember we were in this giant stadium auditorium and this guy's on a microphone and everyone's cheering and screaming. And he's like, yeah, and we know homosexuality is a sin. I was like, what? Wait a second. I'm not here for that. And everyone around me is like cheering. And I'm like, I know that's wrong. And the, show me in the freaking Bible where that's wrong. Because I know you can't find it. So, yeah, and then like like the main yeah. thing about the Bible, about Jesus, about God is that love 
everybody else, right? Like yeah. I have loved you. So, so like, what are you trying to like go to like the the little things that may have been mentioned, may have been modified through time when the core belief and the core rule of the mm-hmm. whole religion is being broken by paying attention to those little details that are interpretations right. of a, a sacred right. text from. 2000 years ago. Exactly. And it's like, it's just interpretation. And so to my listeners, um, I'm sure you're snapping along or you are totally agreeing or if you don't agree, that's okay. Um, but, uh, but this is why podcasts like this are so important because it is so easy to allow religion to closet you. Um, my friend, Jesse, uh, who was, uh, episode six of my podcast. Um, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. It's great to my listeners, but he, he talks about this a lot being a bisexual man. He already feels imposter syndrome. He already feels weird in the church. And it was really hard for him to find a church that accepted him because he's um, very musically talented. He's always usually in the band and helping with worship. And he left a church because he, because they told him he couldn't be the way he was when he came out and he said okay bye but it was hard on him it was like oh but now I'm expressing who I am and you don't accept me like like where am I supposed to go I thought this was my community so religion is tricky especially Americanized religion where it's like it's like a big lots parking lot like in a strip mall and stuff so um I have a lot I I don't know again I don't know what I believe but I I why don't I won't shame anyone for their beliefs but I definitely know who my people are if that makes sense so I don't so I just I'm very careful in choosing my words but you know overall I think it's okay to be religious and no one should shame you for it and also I agree that like we should just allow people to be who we are because if, 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 you know, if there is a God or Jesus or whatever, wouldn't they just want us to love one another? Wouldn't they just want us to be happy? And why, like, I just feel like there's just so much pain and suffering in the world. Like the Bible says, be a good person. So just be a good person. Not that hard. Yeah, that's it. Not that hard. It's not that hard. Yeah. but I do. I love it. I listened to some episodes and I was just like, this is fun. I like, I like your approach to it. And, um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just really grateful that you reached out to me because it's nice to, it's nice to have, to see people who, who, who feel there's a need for something and, and share their voice because it can be so hard to be vulnerable. Um, I talk, I, I work on it in therapy all the time. Being vulnerable is very hard for me, but this podcast is a, is, is a, is a degree of vulnerability. So thank you for sharing space with me today. And thank you for like, you know, being part of this. I'm just so appreciative. So we're winding down. I love to ask this question, especially in a pandemic, a pan dolce, a pandemic levato. It's really hard <laughs> to find joy in the world. And of course I've mentioned some of the things that have been bringing me joy either virtually or non-virtually. Um, but what's currently making you happy in the world? You know, I was always, it's also kind of connected with what we just spoke about. I had a lot of Sunday anxiety from going to church for so many years and not really finding any meaning in it. And I use my Sundays now to be creative and uh, to work on my YouTube channel, to work on my podcast, to connect with people. And that brings me so much joy Mm -hmm. to know that like, I don't have to be just like looking for, looking for a Monday that it was horrible, that we, it was like, kind of like, oh, like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I going back again to like my nine to five on Monday when it's so uh, scary and frustrating that I know this is not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But now just like that joy of being able to, to know that I'm contributing to the world and that I'm putting something in my legacy. It's so joyful for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nice because like when you, you working in the UN, like you're, you're, you're basically, you know, speaking on behalf of your country where you're from. And then, then it's nice to hear you be like, and then on the weekends, I, this is my me time. This is me. Yeah. This is me speaking as me, not Spain, me. <laughs> like, Definitely. And, and, um, I like that, you know, it's, and it can be so hard sometimes to like separate yourself and realize that like, you're still a person, like, especially cause work can like just take and take and take from you. And I, and I'm, I'm a huge proponent of the work-life balance so much. Um, and I just, I really super, super appreciate, um, uh, yeah. So I, I just, I just really super appreciate you. So well, we're winding down. So I'm just going to give you the floor, um, to promote whatever you need to promote. So, uh, go for it. 
Thank you, Bianca. <laughs> I, I uh, really appreciate having this space to discuss with me. I feel like I've made a new friend. I would love to go to visit to San Diego, but I think that you're living uh, in any way. I'll be back. Perhaps Hawaii <laughs> would be like a, another option, but I want to uh, share my podcast since everybody listening probably likes already, at least already has the app. It's the Forbidden Apple podcast is on queer people and religion. And our focus, as I said, is to reclaim spirituality and make people aware that that's a resource that they can count with. And I also want to mention my YouTube channel, Pelayo AF, where I combine comedy and personal development with a little bit of like societal criticism. I just did a video about <laughs> the, the Pope thing. So if anybody wants to hear my thoughts about uh, the Pope releasing this statement on same-sex unions. I would love you to, to check that out. Yes, yes. And to my listeners, you know the drill. All of that's going to be in the description. Playo is a lovely, lovely human. Please reach out to him. I'm so glad that yeah. I feel like I've got a new friend. And now I know who I'm hitting up when I'm in New York. And I yeah. just, um, and like I said, I will be back. But now you can come visit me in Hawaii, okay? But um, thank you so much. I know you've got a jet. I've got a jet. Um, so I'm wrapping her up, but of course, my listeners, this is please don't kick me out. If you like what you hear, if you like, if you want to get in touch with the guest, reach out, all links in description, rate me a five on Apple podcasts. It'll mean the world to me. Um, if you need to be a guest, want to be a guest, you can email me or you can use my website and it's please don't kick me out.com. I think that's everything. So I'm just going to say, you know, thank you again for being on my podcast. And I'm so thank excited you. for my listeners to get to know you. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a pleasure and uh, hello to everybody who's listening. Thank you for listening to my story and my thoughts. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Well, have a great rest of your week. I will, I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Thank Bye. you, Bianca. Yes. Thank you. Hey weirdos, I want to share something with you I've been doing for a couple of months now. It is called Forbidden Bingo with my friend, DJ Rockstar Aaron. We are both from Denver. Uh, great human. Something that they put on virtually out of the kindness of their heart every week. And I'm just going to start by saying it's 18 plus, just so you know. Um, but it's Forbidden Bingo. Forbidden Bingo is so much fun. You can play it in person if you live in Colorado or if it plays other places, or you can play it virtually online every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Wow, I'm bad at time zones. But you know what? Just go to ForbiddenBingo.com, grab your tickets, and tell DJ Rockstar Aaron and Rich and all the other people that are playing that I sent you. That's ForbiddenBingo.com and unofficially, officially sponsors this podcast. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter pdkmo at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories and going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support and I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.